0: Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out FourEyedRadio.com. It's Morphin' Time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour.
1: So what's our title? Is it just called Ranger's Insert Title here? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I was call. confused. All right. <laughs> Yeah. like i thought sorry
0: no i'm being a complete dick <laughs> no that's that. great
2: that's funny i like that For sure.
1: I, I like it no like i i love it
0: yeah oh that's. Great. yeah i'm I'm being a real dick on this one okay all right <clears throat> and now on ranger command power hour ay! it's the ranger command power hour Today on the Power Hour, episode 189, Rangers, Insert Title Here, recorded on October 9th, 2021. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as b 47
1: I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan.
2: And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood.
0: This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting... Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D., Chris P., Steve F., Ethan S., AJW, Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Tyler B., Tyler W., Charlie M., Craig H., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Kevin R., Steve R., Hassan A., Bo H., Leland D., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Remember, you can go to linktr.ee slash ranger command ph for all of the links to support ranger command power hour and the different listening options for ranger command power hour you can also find our amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash ranger command ph hey y'all hey you're back hey so insert (laughs) the title is not a joke (laughs) um well it is a joke but
1: insert discussion here (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We do have a smattering of news, and we do have some questions from Ranger Nation, some questions from our listeners, which are some good conversation topics. So, kind of a potpourri type of episode, I guess. The rest of this month will be a bit more organized, because obviously we'll have uh, a review for uh, some of the newer Dino Fury episodes. And then at the end of the month, we're going to be doing a big discussion after Hasbro PulseCon. So the week after Hasbro PulseCon, uh, we'll do a review of all the news on that. Uh, So it should be a lot of fun. That will be our October. First thing I wanted to talk about was Walmart CollectorCon 2021. This is a virtual Walmart pre-order event thing. So for Power Rangers... Hasbro revealed the 7-inch action figures for Megazords. This includes the Mighty Morphin Dino Megazord 7-inch figure, the Thunder Megazord, the Ninja Storm Ninjacon, and Lost Galaxy Megazord. And if you don't know what Ninjacon is, that was never in the show. It was a Megazord that Bandai did during Ninja Storm that basically took the mold of Ninjor and painted it red, did a new face and included the uh, wind ranger symbol uh, for Ninja storm. (laughs) And so Hasbro was like, sure, we'll do that because we already made the flip head for Ninjor. So we're going to redo that mold and repaint it. And that's exactly what they did here because none of the other figures have that ability.
1: Love it throwback.
0: Yeah.
2: They were just like, "Hey, let's make another cheap figure back in the day." And all of a sudden, now they're bringing it back just for the exact same reason. "Hey, we can make that yeah. same cheap figure."
0: <laughs> all of these are at a $16 price point. They'll be available in February, and the packaging is inspired by video cassettes, like VHS tapes. Yeah.
1: I do really like that. A neat bonus.
0: The press release on this says that the packaging invokes the day of recording episodes on video cassettes and the design of the action figure, um, at least for the Dino Megazord, is inspired by the fun, blocky foam Zord suits from the original 90s series. And John Warden, who's actually the designer for the Zord stuff for Hasbro, he actually commented to someone who was commented on the figures and he said, I'm so glad you like these. We actually worked with old film photographs taken on set to get the proportions and details correct on these. The mission was to make these as close to the show as possible. And for what it's worth, we did try to give these as much deco as we could for the price. Once you have these in hand, you'll see there is scribed detail that matched the show. If someone felt like customizing Value for the price was very important. And initially, I thought these looked pretty cheap. And in fact, the only one I did pre order was the Ninja Con because I already like the Ninja flip figure. A red Ninja is just so silly that I had to get it. And there's an added value because it's still a flip head, technically. And I wanted at least one of these with the packaging because I think the packaging looks really fun.
1: It's awesome.
2: Yeah. I love that warden and his team really care about that attention to detail to, you know, track down these old photos and, and really make these figures look as much like the old filming suits as they could.
0: And it's definitely something that, you know, I appreciate that attention to detail, even though I might not get all of these figures, the artwork on these is incredible it looks like an old school trading card almost, but the little attention to detail, not only is the Megazord for each one front and center, but you have somewhere on there, a silhouette of the main villain of the series and the first monster that was fought with that particular Megazord. So if you look at the front packaging for all those, you'll see that detail. That's an incredible detail. Like with the Dino Megazord, it's Rita Repulsa and Goldar. For the Thunder Megazord, it's Lord Zed and Piranha's Head. Nice. Ninjacon, there's Lothor, and I think that's uh, Zergane, And then for Lost Galaxy, obviously it's trakina and whatever the hell that crab thing is, because I don't remember <laughs> Lost Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think these are fun. It's something that I've wanted a line of at least uh, figure-size Megazords. So it might be fun to collect all of these My only concern is that they don't do every Megazord or at least they don't do one for every series. Like, you know, maybe they'll do like two waves of these and just end it. And then you've got like a incomplete line. That's, that's my only like worry about these. Cause if I feel like if I'm going to collect a new line, let me know that I'm going to get at least most of them, you know what I
2: mean? Yeah.
0: They are available at Hasbro pulse. Uh, But these are Walmart exclusives, so you can find these at Walmart. We have links to each of these on our website at rangercommand.com. We'll have it in the show notes for this episode. Those are pretty fun. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm hoping that we eventually get, like, a Lightspeed Mechazord or just... It's like you said, I just really hope they continue the line, because it would be nice to get get more than this. yeah.
0: If they did a Delta Megazord, I would get that. If they did the Mystic Force Megazord, I'd get that. Like you, AP, it's like, can we just get literally anything Lightspeed like Rescue? Yeah, I mean, at like, this what's point?
1: taking them so long?
0: I've, I, I have no idea. Uh. In Dino Fury news, we're recording this on the 9th, but this episode releases on the 16th. The second half of Dino Fury Season 1 is out now on Netflix. This is interesting to note because that would make episode 12, which aired on October 9th today, as we're recording this, the last premiere broadcast on cable television. So if they're doing everything now after this year on Netflix, then this episode that aired on on the 9th on Nickelodeon, that would be the last U.S. broadcast premiere on cable. But we don't know if they're going to release it on Nickelodeon, if they're going to renew the contract. But everything that we've heard, at least in kind of backroom channels, is that Dino Fury isn't going to be a thing on Nickelodeon anymore. And it kind of cements that because if they're dropping the whole rest of the season on Netflix and not all of the show is finished on Nickelodeon, I think that pretty much puts a a nail in the coffin on Nick. So
1: is there indication that the rest of the episodes are going to air on Nickelodeon, or... Yes,
0: they will. Okay. And there's there's been a lot of confusion. Like, I tweeted out, hey, this is the last broadcast premiere on cable, and people were like, is Power Rangers over? And I'm like, Nick is still airing the rest of season okay. one. <laughs> it's just season two we don't know about.
1: Okay. For a second, I got a little... I don't want to say angry, but... Like, knowing what comes after episode 12, it's like, if they were going to stop airing it at that point, that'd be a little suspect, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So (laughs) all of the rest of season one will air on Nickelodeon, but it kind of leads credence to when Dino Fury first popped up on Netflix and it said, like, N-series, like the Netflix series Mm -hmm. logo that was on it. So I think season two will be... Exclusive to Netflix.
1: I think so as well.
0: Yeah. So here's how we're going to handle episode reviews. Our next three extra episodes, we'll be doing blocks of Dino Fury, but it will also match what Nickelodeon. So we'll be a little ahead of what Nickelodeon is doing. So I just want to cover our bases for people who watch it on Nickelodeon or don't have Netflix and don't necessarily want to be spoiled. So Extra Episode 80, which will be on the 23rd of this month, October, uh, will be covering Episodes 12 through 14 with the landmark episode that we talked about in our last Extra Episode. Extra Episode 81 will cover Episodes 15 through 18, and we'll release that on November 20th. And then a Christmas present, Extra Episode 82, will be episodes nineteen through twenty-two of Dino Fury, and we're gonna release that on Christmas Day.
1: Yay! I wonder who's gonna win Spider-Man, No Way Home, or Us. <laughs> Sorry. What do you mean? <laughs> 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 <What>?
0: <laughs> You've killed Zach.
2: What? Oh, oh dear.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh. Woo. Ap. Wait
1: does wait uh, does no
0: no way home is on Christmas Day? Yep. Uh, I think it comes out like the weekend. Oh, Christmas. good lord. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not gonna win against Spider Man. I we're we're not a billion dollar franchise yet. Yet. No, I'm kidding. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yet is a keyword. <laughs> yeah. So there may be no competition there. No. I'm I'm excited to see the rest of these episodes. I. I did download the, some of the international. You're not the only one. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't watched them all. Like, I've.
2: Oh. I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I couldn't wait anymore. I got impatient. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna just watch all these. The only one I haven't watched is the, ironically the Christmas one. I'm
1: like known for spoiling myself on things and I'm the only one who hasn't watched any of these episodes.
0: Have you been keeping up with
1: them? I kind of know what's happened. Like, I've seen clips and I've seen descriptions and stuff from following the, um, what is it, the Power Ranger Twitter. Yeah. But I have not watched the episodes.
0: Are you going to watch episodes 12 through 14 before we record next week? Of course. What kind of question is that? All right. I'm just saying if you need the episodes, I got them. So, okay, cool. Yay, Dino Fury. Woo! (laughs) All right. Speaking of upcoming things, Hasbro PulseCon, this is a reminder that Hasbro PulseCon returns October 22nd through 23rd. So next weekend will be the return of Hasbro PulseCon. It's Friday and Saturday of that weekend. There will be more details coming up probably this week about the schedule and all that stuff. So we have a full announcement with a new trailer on our site because they took down the old scissor reel for some reason and i had to redo with the new video that they released but power rangers related the cast of power rangers dino fury will be at hasbro pulsecon i don't know if there's going to be an interview or like a cast thing
2: now they're going to shadow drop the rest of dino fury season two and only for people who are tuning into pulsecon
0: that's what i'm assuming i'm assuming we're going to get a date for netflix for season two of Dino Fury.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I was I was cracking a ch- Never mind.
0: <laughs> Sorry. What?
1: That's
2: I was being bitter about real. New York Comic Con again. Just
1: a little salty.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm terribly salty about New York Comic Con.
0: Oh, right, right. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah. I get what you
2: mean. <laughs> there you go.
0: I, mean, I, I got like, it now.
1: That's highly
0: ridiculous. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, we're not gonna harp on that. But yeah, uh, no. so the cast of that's for. Uh, hmm?
2: Sorry, go ahead. No, was, I was just gonna crack another joke, and I, that's all I'm doing is cracking jokes. Now I'm the joke guy.
0: I am afraid no Comic Con. Um, the cast. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I'm excited to see like a new interview or new something with the the cast of uh, Power Rangers Dino Fury. I would love if they did some kind of something like they did for Power Morphicon, and if they did a gag reel for the first season. I would love that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I I would love some kind of gag reel or or behind-the-scenes little video. I think that would be amazing.
1: Anything to make it feel a little, like, special. Like a little something extra. Yeah,
0: a little exclusive. Moving on to comics news, both Mighty Morphin 12 and Power Rangers 12 are out now at the time of uh, this episode's release. With these two issues, it ends the unlimited power arc and is a segue into the Eltarian War, which is the next phase of the comics, moving on both issue 13s, which will be happening in November. So next month, the Eltarian War begins. I know Ryan Parrott has said in uh, not only interviews with us, but also on Twitter that uh, the next arc is is definitely going to be shorter. It's going to be more compact. But yeah, we've had a whole year of this new comic split at this point. And I really love what the comics are doing. I've always been a big fan of them. Uh, So I'm really excited to see with all the new revelations that have been happening in the comics, what this war is going to entail. I would love to see some past or or future from their point of view, Rangers return. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I think it's going to be really cool. So definitely look out for that. We've got spoiler free reviews for both of the issues from this month on our site. Next up. We didn't talk about this on our last episode because we didn't get that news until a couple days later. Uh, But Power Rangers Lightning Collection Pink and White Ninja Rangers, the news dropped on those. Uh, They're a Target exclusive. Pre orders have since sold out. They're sold out on Pulse, they're sold out on Target. So if you're hearing this news for the first time, Through our podcast, I'm sorry, but definitely follow us on social media like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because we always post the news uh, the day of that it comes out. So if you did not pre-order these, you know, hope that they show up in Target stores. Maybe they'll open up some pre-orders in the future on Hasbro Pulse. Just keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. But I'm very excited for those figures. I don't know when they're going to do Rocky and Aisha.
1: Yeah, yellow and red.
0: Yeah. I think they'll probably announce that at PulseCon. I'm sure we're gonna get some toy reveals. I hope
1: the Rocky Head looks better than
0: Yeah, existing Rocky So
1: do Hits. I. <laughs> but- yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, and that that's another thing that they do is that it seems like with a new character release, they're always trying to improve those sculpts. And mm-hmm. I know that there's some lightning collection figures that are out now, but like for me, I've ordered pre ordered everything through Hasbro Pulse. And I feel like I get things like months or weeks after everyone else does, which is fine. It's fine for my wallet, but the Tanya head for yellow Zio for the next wave, uh, some people already got theirs in hand and her face looks absolutely perfect. Like just like the actress. I think every time there's a new iteration of these characters, they try to improve upon it. So um. I, yeah, I'm definitely hoping for a better Rockyhead because the Zeo Blue one, that was not Steve Cardenas at all. Like I
1: don't know who that was, but it was not. It was not. That him. was
0: not him at all. I
1: will say, though, Target exclusives. I've noticed for the last couple Target exclusives that I've been interested in pre-ordering, they will sell out pre-orders. And then closer to release date, they will open it back up again for like a very short time. I'm mm-hmm. guessing because they're trying not to oversell their pre-orders again. I mean, I'm not speaking as an expert. It's just what I've noticed. So I would say be on the lookout. Maybe they will reopen pre-orders again for these two. Otherwise, you can usually find a couple of them after a release date, at least online. I don't know about local stores.
0: Here's another tip because we do have the links for like the target links and all of that stuff on our site. I think you can either like favorite an item. Yeah. Yeah. You can favorite an item to keep tabs on it. That's what I did when the initial Andros figure, and that's a whole nother debacle that we can talk about, (laughs) but target actually sent me an email. That's like, Hey, this is in stock. And I pre-ordered Andros like instantly. And then that sold out instantly and people were like, oh my God, like the cloak uh, disguised Andros. Mine was supposed to be delivered yesterday, but I think it might show up later today. But anywho, you can actually favorite if you are signed in to Target and you favorite an item uh, that sold out, they will let you know when it's back in stock. They will send you an email. So if you miss the pre order, at least do that so you can keep track on it. Next up, this is a figure that has not been officially announced, but it has been leaked. So, the store listing for this was all the way back in July, but this is the first time we're seeing it in person. The credit goes to Wenaii on Twitter, but it's the first look at the Power Rangers Lightning Collection in space Silver Ranger. This figure has the Silverizer weapon in both sword and gun modes, and a Zane head that looks more like Jay Leno than anything. <laughs> I I think I think the Zane head for the uh, Silver Psycho in the two pack. I think that Zane head looks better in my opinion. It looks
1: angrier, but it looks better. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I think the figure looks amazing. They're almost using like a translucent type of silver for this, Ooh. which I really hope they use for Titanium Ranger if they ever get to that point. I don't know why they haven't done it yet. But yeah, Hasbro has not officially announced this figure yet, but we have in package shots of it. Hmm. And I guess Josh on Lightning Fig PR on Twitter, he was saying that this is possibly the Walgreens exclusive this year.
1: Oh. It seems like they're doing a lot of like Sixth Ranger type figures. Armored Zach's not a Sixth Ranger, but he's still got the armor. The Sixth Ranger armor. And then you've got uh Dino Thunder White, and now you've got In Space Silver. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it seems it seems like they're doing more of these special rangers as kind of quote-unquote exclusives, but we'll see how that pans out. Hopefully, again, hopefully we have a huge section of Power Rangers at PulseCon and, and we get to hear uh, some exciting news and, you know, official reveals for all of these. Yeah. We're continuing down the figure line with our last three news items. And Super 7 has been doing these like higher premium end figures for Power Rangers. They have another license for Power Ranger figures that's not Lightning Collection. These are all like a more premium, exclusive, higher price point collector grade figure. They teased Rita Repulsa. And she looks freaking amazing. I know this is just a 3D render, but if the final figure looks anything close to this, I think that's going to be a, an excellent figure.
1: These Super 7 figures are looking amazing.
0: Yeah. They really um, capture the look of the original actress. Muchiko Soga. Yeah, it just looks incredible. And they tease that it's going to actually come with her telescope, which I think nice. is great. Part of me wants to buy this just so I have like those that extra accessory, at least for the lightning collection figure. But the other release that was teased is the Super 7 Mighty Morphin Ultimates Pink Ranger, which includes both heads for Kimberly and Cat. And it includes the white cat that Cat morphed into, much like the Lightning Collection two-pack Pink Ranger set will have. But I think the faces on these look horrible.
1: That's funny, because I thought they looked okay. I mean, I, I will say, I don't think the cat, the cat face looks a little weird to me. But the Kimberly face looks okay-ish? I, mean, I don't know, I'm just playing devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> it looks better than the Lightning Collection figure.
1: Yes, maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Compared to what we have, it looks pretty decent.
0: But these, like, blank stare, creepy smile, mm-hmm. I just, I don't like that. Give a smirk, give a neutral expression or something, oh, but,
1: yeah, Sorry, like, are you I'm, looking at the picture? I'm pulling it up now. It's like, the likeness looks good, but it's the weird smile. Oh my gosh, I get it now.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hate that. It's just that weird blank stare, like, ah, look at me. It's so weird.
1: When Brie Larson did all those photoshops after they told her to smile in the Captain uh, Captain Marvel movie, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those, but she was like, yeah. "She's like that's Ricky bullshit, and she photoshopped weird smiles onto all the male Marvel stars. <laughs> it's reminding <laughs> me of that. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh my gosh.
0: I mean, your mileage may vary on these, but for me, I was like, man, that looks creepy. Um, It does come with, you know, different accessories. All the Ultimates Power Rangers has their power crystal Mm -hmm. when they activate the zords, which I think is really cool. There's a version of the Thunder Whip. From the show, which is kind of a deep cut because she never barely used that. And um, there's different versions of the of the bows, one without a string. And they always include like the like original Bandai flip head looking accessories. I don't know why they do that, but I I think that looks weird and unnecessary. But, you know, to each their (laughs) own. I guess that's the uh, the super nostalgia on it. Anyways, that is Super 7. Going into a little bit more premium scale, Mezco Toys reveals the 112th scale Mighty Morphin Power Rangers box set. Previously, they teased the Green Ranger at a previous convention, but these are, like I said, 112th scale. These have like the spandex cloth. The image that they teased looks super Photoshop, so... I really don't think those are the the final products on those, uh, especially the helmets. Those look super photoshopped. Uh, yeah. But this is part of their one one and twelve collection. Okay. So they're going to have a five pack of this. The Green Ranger that they had at Toy Fair. Still don't know when that's coming out, but those will also be available. If you're willing to go to an even bigger scale, which is a, a one six scale. has got you covered with their Mighty Morphin Power Rangers set. You can see first package images through uh, Power Ranger. Uh, We'll link to that. There's also a first review from YouTube user Nestor Loza Morales, who has a full breakdown of these figures. I don't know where you can pre-order these anymore. At least on Hasbro Pulse, they are sold out. Uh, you might be able to get this through an entertainment earth or diamond collectibles or big bad toy store. But these are like more akin to like the hot toys types of figures mm-hmm. with that scale, like the one six scale. I think they look incredible, but you know, it's like 500 something dollars for the whole set. And yeah. I, I, I just can't pull the trigger on that, especially for, you know, something I can't collect, but no, if, if you're a huge Mighty Morphin fan and You're also a large-scale figure collector fan. I do think these look amazing, like the shiny spandex-type material. I think all the helmets look amazing. Some of the poses people are able to do look incredible. I think these look really good.
2: Yeah, no, like you said, I mean, these are gorgeous-looking, but, man, you gotta take a second mortgage out on the house to buy them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I believe all of the weapons can combine to form the power blaster oh that's cool
2: i that's love amazing. that man that's one of my favorite things to do is when the, the weapons actually combine like that
0: these are super detailed toy Ark, toku nation and power ranger are doing a co-op shared gallery soon so be on the lookout for that we'll retweet it when that becomes available so be on the lookout for that since this is a little bit more of a popery episode now that all the news is out of the way, we do have some questions from Ranger Nation. We got a couple fun questions and also a little bit more serious question. So, first off, our good friend of the show, Steven Martinez at random 90s fan, he changed his Twitter account. Since Zed has become a focus in the comics and also make a return in Power Rangers Dino Fury. Spoilers! Spoilers! What other <laughs> what other main villain from a past season would you think fit well with a different season? Example, if Rita wasn't Mystic Mother and was the villain in Mystic Force instead. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: I got one off the top of the dome here. Okay. Listen, we all love Sledge. We all love Poissandra. That whole crew was great. But imagine Mezogog coming back.
0: Oh, snap.
1: Ooh, that would be amazing.
0: God, that would have been amazing if he came back for Dino Fury yes. instead of Zed.
2: Oh, yeah. Mezogog was one of those great villains, So man. underrated. He had that presence, and he was menacing, and oh, he was good.
1: I was thinking Trakina for Jungle Fury.
2: Ooh, that's an interesting way to go. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know how well that would fit, but for some reason that's what's popping into my mind is Trakeena and Jungle Fury.
2: I kinda like that because you really, if you think about like all the other bug-themed monsters of the week for that's
0: that reason. Right.
1: Or Traquina and Beast Morphers.
0: Hmm, like combining a little space with with beast morphers. I like with that.
1: With the whole bug aspect.
0: Yeah. I really think beast morphers did. A great job at resolving the Vengex plot line.
2: Yeah. Having Vengex come back was so good for that season.
0: Yeah, but I'll be honest, because I know what they're setting up, because I mean, this is kind of spoilers, but yeah, Zed comes back for the Halloween episode for Dino Fury, which should either air this week or or next week on Nickelodeon. But at the end of that episode, he leaves and he goes looking for his staff. And I'm wondering if he's coming back in season two as the big bad, much like Vengex came back for beast morphers. And the only reason I say that is because there are rumors that Tallulah Blakely comes back as commander Shaw from beast morphers. And I think it's because they have Zed's staff in the vault because in that previous Halloween episode, they had that whole chest of like different villain weapons that they were pulling, that they were making the, the control collar ones. And this Zed episode already connects the control collars from beast morphers to Zed. So if he's looking for his staff and the beast morphers crew has it, if grid battle force has it, he could come back in a major way. And like, why have him come back and then leave without them defeating him? If you're not going to pay that back in some way. So I think that's going to be a key season two plot point.
2: That's a good theory. I like that.
0: I do too. I'm trying to think of a good villain that, that would work for another, another season. I actually think, like, if, if we're taking something from a, a different era of Power Rangers and putting it into a new era, I think Master Orc would also work well with Beast Morphers. Because you kind of got a technological versus environmental thing going oh, on.
1: Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's
0: interesting. Um, any others?
1: How about Dai Shi in uh, Beast Morphers?
0: Just every villain in Beast Morphers.
1: <laughs> just every <laughs> basically.
2: <laughs> See, I was gonna say something like, "What if we brought like Lothor back for Ninja Steel?" Just because Ninja Steel needed better enemies.
0: Yeah, that's true. And unfortunately, I mean, the the actor did pass away. So, yeah. Um, but no, that that would have been a good concept. Like, yeah, Lothor was menacing, but he was also very funny. And I really liked Lothor. It would have made Ninja Steel such a better improvement. (laughs) Like literally anything could have improved that season for sure. That's a great topic, Stephen. I think uh, that's a lot of fun to think about. And that's why I love the multiverse concept that they keep playing around with, with the different dimensions and different things like with the comics. They've been dropping so many hints about Dark Spectre. I can't imagine anything but Dark Specter coming back for this Altarian war or something leading up to Dark Specter. And it's fun to imagine teams battling villains that they never fought before. So I think everything with this multiverse concept, it's just such a great way to think about all the different story possibilities that could happen with these legacy characters and we're seeing that in, in Dino Fury with Lord Zed. I think so many people were surprised when, you know, the international spoiler showed that and we got, you know, little teases of the description and then uh seeing the final episode. So I'm excited for it, but they need to be cautious with it because if you don't respect the lore and the history, like you could run into some big problems and It seems at least for the Dino Fury episode, they did respect a lot was going on. And they even used old clips to explain his history. And it was one of those clip show specials that wasn't just a clip show. And I like when they take that little bit of opportunity to do something like that. Yeah,
1: Mikey Perez at 254 Mikey 43 said, Hey guys, I really love your episode about fandom. I learned a lot from it. One of the things I love about this podcast is how informative you are. My question is, do you think the live action should take a two or three year break? I do keep up the good work.
0: Part of me wants to say yes and no. Yes, because you know, maybe they could develop something really crazy for the next iteration, but I kind of feel like they're doing that now behind the scenes. It's been a year since we've had the Jonathan Entwistle announcement. So There's a whole year of whatever he's developing that's on the table. You know, all these rumors about Power Rangers animation. I really think behind the scenes, Hasbro and E1 are at least trying something different with the franchise that's not necessarily live action. And, you know, of course, there's all those rumors if they're no longer doing Sentai adaptions, and then there might be a possibility that they might do at least one more series for the 30th anniversary in New Zealand whatever that may be, we don't know. So there's there's still a lot of uncertainty right now, and I think that's where people are kind of like really freaking out about the future of Power Rangers. Yeah. So as as far as them taking a break, I feel like if you take a break from the live action show, like the traditional sentai adapted kid show, I think if you take a break, I don't think it will come back for a very long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I also feel like if they take a break from it, they need to have something pretty solid set up. Otherwise, it is a kind of high possibility that the franchise might die a little if there's just nothing solid going on. And the live action is also gone.
0: So, yeah, I feel like if if they do have some kind of a break, or if the 30th anniversary season is it, then, I mean, there's a good possibility that, you know, the brand might go into that kind of legacy hiatus that something like G.I. Joe, one of Hasbro's properties, would go into. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there that said if they stop doing Sentai adaptions, there's no reason for them to watch Power Rangers. And that's, That's perfectly valid, but I want them to do something fresh and different. But I also think that if they do one more adaptation for the 30th anniversary, even though Dino Fury feels like we're getting a lot of callbacks and references and connections to past seasons, uh, like they're gearing up for some big universe thing, uh, especially like with Lord Zed coming back and all that, what I think is if they do like one more Sentai adaptation, I feel like that might be the send off for the 30th anniversary, at least mm-hmm. to sunset the live action adaptation. Because once they shut down production, there is so much tied to New Zealand because they've been doing it there for so many years now, for you know, over 20 years in New Zealand. And you've got an established crew, established directors, established VFX people all these players that are in New Zealand where if they stop, all of those people are going somewhere else. And it it would be really hard, I think, to restart the band back together in New Zealand unless E1 moves production to like Toronto or if they ever go back to LA or whatever it is.
1: Or Georgia. Apparently a lot of people like Georgia
0: now. Because it's cheaper because of taxes. And there's all this filming studios down there. There's a lot that I think would benefit Power Rangers from maybe taking a two or three year break, but there's also the potential where you're never gonna get it back at least for a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I get where this question comes from from Mikey. like I know people are kind of tired of you know the same slapstick or the quality of the show. But personally, I feel like, you know, with Beast Morphers and, to a greater degree, Dino Fury, they're taking those steps to, like, kind of break away from the past, which will lead into our next question. But any more thoughts on maybe the live-action show taking a break?
2: I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, could the brand benefit from a break in production? Possibly. Are the negative outcomes scaled a little heavier than the positives. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, if you do end up taking that break, like you said, the possibility of, you know, you have these great writers, these great producers all go off in different directions, and then, oh, sorry, I can't come back because I'm working on this show now or I'm working yeah. on this project now. And and that, I think, is far more detrimental to the brand than any kind of break could you know fix I would say
0: don't take a break from the live action show unless you have some other content to back up the gap like yeah. if they if they end the sentai adaptation kid show tomorrow but they announce like the animation or here's you know a new aged up netflix show if there's not something in their back pocket Whatever projects that Jonathan Whistle is is working on or not, that has to be their backup. If this brand takes any type of break entertainment-wise, I think they're going to lose out big time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: that leads into the next uh, question that we got from LockL at Titanium underscore L who said, we've had many higher ups at Saban and Hasbro talk about all the mandates put on the show to make it as kiddy as possible. Why do you think that is? I know all kid shows need to have mandates, of course, but no other action brand seems to have them to the same extent Rangers do. What I'm trying to say is making a show for the preschool audience, but still having so much violence is kind of contradictory because many preschoolers are into stuff like Barney or Yo Gabba Gabba, not punching and kicking and slashing swords. Who is their true audience here? Now I'm going to kind of counteract that with some of the things that, that Simon has said, but I think a lot of these so-called mandates that's from Haim Saban, like straight up. That's from Haim Saban. Simon Bennett has said as much. Uh, That's kind of like the, the old regime and I'll back this up with some quotes, but I think when Saban bought back the brand from Disney and created Samurai. There's no doubt like Samurai, no matter what we as adult fans fans think of Samurai, there were so many kids and people watching. I think the premiere for, for Samurai was like 11 million people or something crazy like that. You know, I I'd have to go back to like Berg's uh, site for ratings, but Samurai kicked off Power Rangers for the next 12 years that we have now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think without Samurai, we wouldn't have gone as far as we have with Power Rangers. And Samurai kicked off a whole new generation of fans. Like, Josh, Living Ranger Key, his first Power Rangers was Samurai, which makes me feel old as <laughs> but, Oh, God. But... I mean, look, look at, you know, how much he's done fandom wise and all that stuff. So there is a huge argument that no matter what they did to try and recapture lightning in a bottle, Samurai was a huge hit for kids and the merchandise sales and and all of that, that was big for Saban at the time. So of course, if it's making money and they want the show to be a certain way, Haim Saban's going to say, do it my way or it's the highway essentially. And so you have that ingrained in like the writing process. They're, they're mandated to write it a certain way for an audience that they think is going to be most successful. And I get it. We all love power Rangers. We're all huge adult fans of power Rangers. And we have this certain expectation where we want the series to be like really high, but the quality might be low by our standards but it's hitting that audience for kids.
1: There's so much going on with like demographics and research that nobody's ever going to see. Right. And they wouldn't be doing what they do if it wasn't working on some level. They just wouldn't right. make the show. If the show was failing, they just wouldn't do it anymore. They wouldn't continue doing what they're doing. If it wasn't bringing them some kind of success.
0: And we all know TV ratings, we've talked about this before TV ratings, ratings, over the last decade have mattered less and less over the years. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love Burgundy Ranger. I love what he does. And I think having that history of information is invaluable, but unfortunately it's becoming less and less relevant. And now that Dino Fury is no longer going to be on broadcast cable after this season, potentially And if it's all just going to be on Netflix, we're never going to get that gauge of ratings because Netflix is notorious for not releasing any type of data like that. They just say it's a top 10 show or it's very hard to get any kind of like viewership metrics ratings from Netflix. But I think what Hasbro is doing is smart is because more and more kids these days are watching things streaming. My niece is like watching things on a tablet and YouTube and it's just constant stream of stuff. And you know, when I went to visit Chris, I took a little vacation. We visited Chris, his three kids, it's all YouTube and Paramount plus are streaming this and like kids shows that are streaming on these different platforms. And I think it's less and less about, sitting down at 7am on a Saturday with your kids to watch a show it's on demand whenever the kids want it. And it's that accessibility. Oh, kids want to watch Dino Fury. Let's fire up Netflix and do a random episode. That's the future of television. And, you know, things like Barney, Yo, Gabba, Gabba, that, I mean, that's, that's the, even the past of kids entertainment. It's Bluey, it's Paw Patrol, it's all these different shows. And there's nothing saying that preschoolers don't like action.
1: There's so much more to kids' TV than the like one or two mainstays that people think of. It's, right. It's a lot more broad than people realize.
0: And I would say Power Rangers is still unique because, you know, if you have a live action show like, Talking about Nickelodeon, like a Harvey Danger or a whatever. But those aren't meant for the younger kids. Those are meant for the older nine to 14 type demographic. Mm-hmm. So Power Rangers is still unique as it has been unique for 30 years as an action property for younger children. And yeah, Power Rangers has fluctuated that time, depending on who runs it, for forever. That's just part of the history of the show. So they're saying that why would preschoolers want to watch violence? Let me say the violence on Power Rangers is anything but <laughs> like it, it is an explosion. It is like they're blocking swords with their hands. You're never going to see blood on Power Rangers.
1: It's violence, but it's almost cartoon violence.
0: Big, colorful explosions, like wacky villains like Mucus who jiggle around when they get hit. Like it, it's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So here are some quotes that Simon Bennett said, and we've talked about a couple of these interviews in the past. This was interviews that when the show was first coming out, I want to get to their point where Simon said on a sci-fi interview, we're trying to mainly for adult fans, inject more serial threads for our characters and our villains this time around that can provide intrigue and suspense and allow us to use cliffhanger devices. It keeps people guessing. If every re- episode wraps up the story tidally, there's not much telling about what's going to happen next. With Dino Fury, we've deliberately worked to inject more of that into this season. And they asked about, you know, any mandates. And he said, there are, yes, ones I've sort of inherited from Haim Saban. When he came back to the franchise halfway through a series, and I think he means Beast Morphers, He felt the show wasn't hitting the right notes in order to capture the younger audience. The requirements became very specific. It had to tick a number of boxes. There had to be a strong moral core, a lesson. There had to be a moving scene full of heart. There had to be two ground fights and a megazord fight every episode. There could be no serial threads. He believed very strongly that every episode had to work as a standalone. The only linked episodes that were allowed were two part finales or maybe an episode one and two of a season. I think those kinds of mandates have eased off with Dino Fury. We're able to do a lot more that I believe will appeal to the adult audience while maintaining the engagement of the younger viewers.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That hits the nail on the head. And we've already seen that Dino Fury is becoming more critically acclaimed with fans. With some fans, I think they're taking it a little bit too overboard, but that's just me. Like, Dino Fury is not the greatest season of all time, at least in my opinion. But I can see the improvements in the storytelling, in the things that appeal to me as an adult fan. But that's not going to be the major focus for Power Rangers. And when Titanium here asks about the violence or the different audience, like who is their true audience. Sometimes I don't think Hasbro even knows what their audience is right now for power Rangers. I think they're still in that discovery phase of what works and what doesn't. And again, Dino Fury, I still feel is more of a transitional season because we had chip Lynn as a story consultant, quote unquote, you know, working with Simon Bennett this season, it's it's not a full Simon Bennett runs everything season. There's still whatever things that Chip had that he's trying to still put into Power Rangers, which was, again, influenced by Haim Saban. So there's things that they're they're moving around and, and trying to do differently, I think.
1: They're trying to see what works. It's, it's like what you said. They're trying to see where they get their own stride with things. Mhm. And yes, there's less mandates. There still are some mandates there is with every type of show, but it's very clear that they're trying to broaden their audience and hit their own kind of their own stride, if that makes any sense at all.
0: <laughs> no, it makes total sense and there was a quote that Simon posted in a thread on Rangerboard and I think this is a very key phrasing. He said, "This isn't the writer's fault." We wanted to make more of the conflict, but had to resolve it in the one episode because at the time of writing, it was considered unrangerly for two rangers to have an ongoing beef that isn't resolved in one episode. That's alluding to a previous mandate, which affected past seasons and a little bit of Dino Fury. But that's what he said, that was the key. At the time of writing, I think season two of Dino Fury is going to continue and explode even more than what happened at the end of season one. And it's because you have less of those influences. You have less of the mandates from Nickelodeon. If it's switching to a Netflix series, you have less of the past creators like Haim Saban and, and Chip Lynn, you have less of those people involved. The more time leads on, and they can grow and they can experiment. I mean, we have we have a lesbian Power Ranger. We have an LGBTQ Power Ranger. That would not have happened under Haim Saban at all. Nope. Yep. Nope, not at all. And we've talked about that. I mean, Simon Bennett called us the voice of reason. So I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> um, but But no, like what he said there at the time of writing. And I think... When they were writing that, that was still early on in the process. They still had Chip Lynn. So I think we're going to see that continue to change. And, you know, maybe the show does end up aging a bit more and grows with the audience. But I don't think all of Power Rangers needs to be Kitty. But at the same time, you have to cater to that audience that's going to beg mom and dad at the stores to buy the toys. Yeah. If there's any toys on the shelf.
1: It reminds me almost of some like, cartoon network shows
0: mm-hmm. where
1: they have cartoon violence, they've goofy things that they do, but yet there's these overarching themes and plot points where it's like, that's clearly not for the kid audience. There's right. something for everybody involved. And I feel like Power Rangers is trending towards doing that rather than trying to meet one demographic They're trying to broaden their horizons and make sure that their product encompasses a whole lot more. Just personally, I'm not, I'm no expert, but I do know a little bit about business and a little bit about television production. And I feel like it might help their longevity. It might help them make the show last a little bit longer.
0: Exactly. And the other franchise, and I keep bringing up Star Trek, is because I think the formula that Star Trek is doing right now. Is something that Power Rangers could take on. And if you look at what Star Trek is doing since they went full on Paramount Plus, we're getting series focus on legacy characters. We're getting series that are different than usual. We've got an animated series that's more comedy based. We're going to have a 3D animated series that's a bit more serious that's going to air on Nickelodeon and Paramount Plus, but they're broadening their audiences to different genres. They're telling different stories with each series. And I think, you know, you have all these shows running concurrently, like there's going to be lower decks and then discovery and then Picard season three, and then this and that. And they're all hitting like one right after the top of each other. So you get this steady stream of content that keeps going, but it's also for different audiences, but it's also something that a lot of different audiences can enjoy. And I think for power Rangers to go on for another 20 years or another 30 years and to keep going is that it can't just be locked into one thing anymore. And you can always argue, well, Sentai has been going on for 45 years and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But they have a different audience and it's a different storytelling.
1: It's not the same audience. It's not the same culture. Right. Despite more and more countries getting or watching Sentai, more and more people from different cultures watching Sentai, it is still primarily a Japanese series.
0: Right. That's ingrained in their culture because they've been going for almost 50 years and it's like a staple of growing up, you know, watching this series and, and people, you know, falling in love with the series. And, but that's another thing they've got their merchandise on lock, a new weapon or something debuts in the show. And like that same week, you can pick up that toy. Hasbro has failed on the distribution for that, you know, sorry to say, but you know, we're just now getting like the Dino Fury Megazord and we're almost done with the first season.
1: I feel like a lot of that has to do with um, manufacturing and distribution, sure. how we don't manufacture like anything in this country anymore. That's probably yeah. not helping. But still, it's like Power Rangers is not as much of a mainstay in this country, in this culture as people seem to think it is. Right. It's like what you said, Eric, with the Star Trek thing. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to find little um, like niches where you can and like solidify yourself where it, where it works, know what audience Mm -hmm. you're doing, broaden your horizons a little bit. I keep saying do what works, but that's kind of what, what what it is. You got to get where you get, where you can.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it it makes sense because it's like, like the, what's going on with, with Power Rangers is, you know, we've had this show for almost 30 years. The ratings have been steady decline, but that's, you know, that's not, the show's fault it's just you know that's the nature of television right now but if if the brand doesn't like take a step back and try to figure out what it wants to do if Hasbro yeah. you know Hasbro bringing in E1 bringing Jonathan Entwistle all these different like avenues of potential things going on behind the scenes um clearly they, they're working on some directive to make Power Rangers viable for the future yeah whether it succeeds or not, that's not the point. The fact is they're going to be doing something different. And I I know that power Rangers has been this live action adaptation. It's a very unique children's property. It's a very unique television concept in general. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that we don't know if that formula is working anymore. If they continue to lose money without trying something different, they're going to drop it. So I think there's this conversation that we need to have where it's like, and probably not here, but there's going to be a time when things are going to change for Power Rangers. And it's like, you can can support it or you cannot, but they're trying to do it to cast a wider net as possible because that's the only way it's going to be financially successful in the future
1: yeah I think they're doing what they should have done when they released the twenty seventeen movie right like figure out what you actually want to do with that mm-hmm. the, that that twenty seventeen movie while I liked it and while it was popular among more people than I think we realized at the time, it didn't feel like they were really investing in it. Mm-hmm. They just kind of it just kind of happened, and
0: there wasn't a whole universe plan behind it, yeah. as there should have been.
1: it felt like they were kind of viewing it more of as like an additional cash grab than an actual investment. They right. were there was all that talk about five more movies, five more movies, but like where are you gonna go with that? Like what
0: And then as soon as the movie failed, what did what did they do? Uh Haim Saban turned around and sold the whole franchise to Hasbro because it wasn't making him money anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like you kinda either put your put some effort and money into it or don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Now look, I think there have been some very great things that happened during Saban brands that continues today. Yeah. Things like the comics, things like the video games, like the board games like Hyperforce and now this, you know, other RPG that that they're doing. It's those kind of like extra things that will keep the adult fans involved and kids as they get older can discover these. Yeah, and the comics is just such a great example. You know, the comics have been going on for over five years now, which is insane to me. But it works because, as an adult fan, if I don't like the show, at least I have the comics to fill that niche of my entertainment. And sometimes that's all I need. And I think Hasbro is smart to keep those types of avenues going. We have no idea what's going to happen regards to television entertainment. Hopefully we find something out, you know, sooner rather than later, just so people can stop about things we don't even know about yet.
1: Less speculation and more anticipation would be good.
0: Yeah. Now there's one last quote from Simon from a CNET article and all these articles we've linked to in the past, we'll link to in the show notes. And this was all at the start of the season. And I think, you know, sometimes we have very selective, uh, short-term memory as as Ranger fans, but um, he said, we have to meet the Nickelodeon technical requirements for a commercial half-hour episode, which is 22 minutes, 30 seconds, as our actual duration. And you know, there are restrictions like how long the opening titles can be, how long the closing credits can be, what's the minimum act duration. So that structure is really strict and dictated by the commissioning network, which for us is Nickelodeon. It does have... Long life on streaming services, obviously, but also Power Rangers sells to terrestrial networks around the world, so I think they tend to have similar format expectations for half-hour episodes, so the fact we are meeting the Nickelodeon tech specs also helps as far as international sales are concerned. I don't know the details of this since I really don't have to deal with that aspect of the show, but I do know what the templates that we have to meet is. I think creatively, what the fact that so many people stream Power Rangers has done, historically, there was a stipulation that each episode had to be standalone episodes that serial threads were discouraged. We could maybe do a 2 parter at the beginning of the season and a two-part finale, but from that, every episode had to be standalone because our audience was very young and they were unable to watch one episode a week at a particular time and they would forget stuff. That was the expectation. But I think now that's relaxed a bit because I know with Dino Fury, we are consciously weaving more character acts throughout the entire season, as well as what we hope will be an engaging villain story thread that runs right through the entire season. So I'd say that we are able to integrate more serial elements than we've historically been able to do. Yep. It, it's right there. It's right there in what Simon has said.
1: And the proof is on the screen too. I mean, I yeah, feel like we absolutely. can very clearly see that what he's saying is true based on yeah. the final product yeah. that we're
0: getting. Some of the episodes that I have seen, yeah, that storytelling is is a little bit more engaging than what we've got. It is it is more serialized. There are little moments and little threads and jokes and story elements that pull through. And these characters are really evolving over time. And that's great. I think that's amazing. And, you know, people will always bring up like, well, you know, they did it before with like Time Force and all that stuff. Well, again, that was a different period of television. They were working with the same people and they were keeping an audience that was growing with them. The strategy changed when Saban Brands did one cast for two years to keep the toy sales going, to keep these characters in mind and engage that group of kids for you know four to five to six to seven and be like, we've got this group of kids for two years. And then if they continue, great. If they don't, whatever, we'll get the next batch of kids. And that was the Saban brand's mindset that Hasbro inherited. And whether or not they change that in the future going forward with Netflix and E1 and all that stuff, that's for Hasbro to figure out. So these arguments about like these past legacy seasons that quality wise were really good. You have to keep in mind how much this show has evolved and how many different hands have passed over the years. It's, it's wild. Like power Rangers, just from a production standpoint is incredibly fascinating and weird and and crazy. I think we all just need to have a really, a lot more patience we still have a year and a half of Dino Fury left on screen. I know people are like so anxious to be like, oh my God, what's the next series? Oh, I need to know what the next series is. Is it going to be Q Ranger or whatever? Like one of the eight other Sentai series that I love. We we just don't know. And I think a lot of the energy being spent, like like speculating about it, I think people are setting themselves up for disappointment no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. As I get older, it's more of a like, look, I just want to be entertained. I can move on from this whenever I want. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: It's kind of like that for, for me at this point, I don't have, I mean, I kind of speculate that's just natural, like human nature to speculate.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying no one speculate.
1: Yeah. I don't really do that too much anymore because at this point, I feel like we get what we get. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. That's fine. It's not all going to be for me. I can move on at any time and I will still have past product that I do enjoy. And if a new thing comes along and I start liking it again, that's cool. There's that. Ha- what happens, happens. And I just personally feel like if the franchise exists in some form for future generations, that will also make me happy because... That just means that it's still continuing to succeed in some form Mm -hmm. and it can impact future generations like it did me. That would be success for me. Even if I'm not currently engaged in the product and I don't currently like it, at least it will be there for someone who who does like it.
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, I'm exactly in the same boat as you, Eric, and my only expectation anymore is I just want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. If I'm entertained, then good, great, I'll continue enjoying the product. If it stops being entertaining at any point then I will move on to try and find some other product that is entertaining to me. And, you know, thankfully, Dino Fury has been very entertaining. And and I've been enjoying Dino Fury very, very much. And, you know, will continue to do so as long as it continues to be as entertaining as it has been. I think we talked a little bit about the fandom having sort of exaggerated expectations of what it should be and what they hope it will be. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I hope it, I hope this is adapted or I hope this happens. Like... You can have those hopes, it's okay to have those hopes, but inevitably, when those things that you hope for don't happen, you have to be mature enough to say, okay, that didn't happen, I'm disappointed, oh well, I'll move on. You can't suddenly, you know, act like the show's target demographic and get online and be like, this season is the worst season ever because it didn't do exactly what I wanted it to do, wah, 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 wah.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that everyone needs to realize how they engage with these properties. And mm-hmm. we really need to be careful about the the toxic side of or the toxicity that we can kind of find ourselves in. And it goes all back to our entitlement episode where we think we're owed certain things as fans just because of the time and the money and the energy that we've Invested in this, we think we're owed something, and we have to detach and say that's not the case and look i'm getting too old to about things that really don't matter at the end of the day <laughs> like i yeah. it, it, it's true i just i I just want to be entertained if something is not entertaining anymore, I will drop it, or I won't give it as much attention as As I want in my life, because if it's no longer entertaining, then why, why am I even doing it?
1: I want to add something to that and just say that it's okay if you lose interest in something like it is Mm -hmm. fine. And by that, I mean, it's okay if something disappoints you to the point where you just don't want to interact with it anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to personally, I used to love the TV show Arrow. Then it made some creative decisions that really like honestly pissed me off a little bit. And I just cut it off completely because I couldn't stand right. I couldn't stand watching it anymore. And that's okay. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to continue to engage with something that annoys you. And on that note too, if you don't like a say season four, and you like season one through three, you loved, season four you hate, you can pretend that it ended at season three. Yeah. No one's yeah. no one's stopping you from doing that. You can you can still watch what you did enjoy, still interact with what you did enjoy. You don't have to invest your time and money and effort into something that doesn't bring you joy anymore. No one's telling you that you have to do that.
0: Exactly. I think that's just a growing lesson that maybe all of Ranger Nation should kind of take part in. And I still think it's a really exciting time to be a fan of Power Rangers. We're We're quickly approaching, in the next two years, it will be the 30th anniversary, and my hope is that Hasbro has something planned, but I'm not going to set my expectations to an unrealistic level where I will be disappointed. So for now, I'm just enjoying the ride that Dino Fury is providing. I really think it's a solid season, at least what they've shown so far. But of course, you can. there's still problems I have with it. There's still little things that annoy me that are some of these carryovers from past mandates or, or what have you, but overall, you know, I can pick what I like. And for the most part, I, I like the direction that Dino Fury is, is going. And, you know, much the same way that, you know, I'm enjoying the comics. There are people who really don't like what the comics are doing, but that's how they engage with it. And and that's fine. Like I'm just here to enjoy what I like and, you purchase what I like. And I mean, for me, when, when it was the 20th anniversary of power Rangers and that was me really getting back into collecting stuff, my God, there, there was not a, a power Rangers product that wouldn't avoid my wallet. Like I bought so much that I didn't need, but I bought it because I'm like, Oh my God, it's power Rangers. Buy it, buy, 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 buy it. And now I am so much more selective. Like those seven inch Megazords. I have no interest except for maybe one of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm voting with my wallet and I'm buying what I groove with. And if that's every single figure in the lightning collection, sure. That's my priority, but it might not be everyone's. And I think life's too short to keep arguing about people on the internet about stupid. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) I think what it all boils down to is, like, no one else can craft your fandom.
1: You're not ever going to like something 100%.
0: It's not realistic, and it's not healthy.
1: Yeah, it's almost entirely impossible unless you do it yourself, and that's kind of what fanfiction is. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That might actually be what fanfiction is. I don't know the history of it. I've interacted with it a bit, but I do not know, like, the history of fanfiction. But it is... That's what that is. It's like you, you create what you do like do it, do it yourself then, Mm -hmm. you know, just do, do something that does satisfy you.
0: Right. But even if you, if you aren't creative or if you don't have that spark or if you're not a writer or whatever, then craft the fandom and your experience in the fandom to your, your own likes. If you love comics, amazing. Delve into that. If you don't like comics at all, then participate in the board game side of it. Or whatever you do, if you're not feeling a part of of the fandom or what's going on with the franchise, then find something that you can engage with and do that.
2: Yeah. There's so many aspects of the fandom that are more than just a TV show. There are the board games, there are the video games, there is the fanfic, there is so many other things that you could shift your focus to and still be fulfilled in terms of fandom.
0: Right, and I think a huge example of this is that there is a huge community of people who are really into Battle for the Grid, like gamers that have no idea who some of these characters are, but... They're learning about the franchise through this game, and that doesn't make them any less of a fan than any of us. They're just finding and discovering the franchise in a different way, and that's through things like Battle for the Grid or Legacy Wars, just because yeah. it's a cool game that many people enjoy and it's getting to be a really popular fighting game, and now you know, I I mean, I've seen so many comments of like from people who are like heavy into this game. Like, like, I don't know who the hell cat Ranger is, but Oh my God, it's, she's a great character for this and this and this. (laughs) And it's like, great. If that leads to a new Avenue of discovery for, you know, the different series, then by all means, but they're doing the fandom their way and they're enjoying the hell out of it. Like I play the game casually. I can't compete for on any of this, but the fact remains people are having fun with it, and it's successful and it's successful for a different group of fans, like not everything is going to appeal a hundred percent to everyone. I think people need to remember that, and if that's it <laughs> <laughs> i I think we can can wrap this one up, but you know i I really want to thank uh titanium l for that that topic you know it's it's a great it's a great discussion point, you know I think Whatever the audience is for Power Rangers, that's something that Hasbro needs to figure out. And I, I just think that why it's so frustrating for, for fans is that from our perspective, there seems to be a lack of direction. But there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes. Like, we, we don't know any more details about the Jonathan Entwistle stuff because we're not flies on the wall in his room or we're not him. And we don't know what E1 is planning or what they're directing now with Hasbro. So there's so much that we don't know. And I think I think all of us are, are a little impatient because we want, I think it's because we want to know that the franchise is going to be safe going forward, that there will be a franchise going forward. And, and that's, that's valid to have because we all love the show. We don't want to see any of this stuff. end. like, I don't want to see the comics end or, or or whatever it is. It's like, I I think that because there are so many heavily invested adult fans and Simon even said it himself in one of these uh, interviews that the adult fandom is loud, but we are such a niche minority. Mm. We're, we're loud on social media, but we are not the majority of people that are in, into this franchise. And there is a whole generation of kids that are not on social media or because they're not allowed to be, or you know what I mean?
1: It's, it's, it's almost a form of confirmation bias where you surround yourself with a surround yourself with a certain community and you start to believe that that's the only community that there is. Mm -hmm. And you ingrain yourself in the online fandom community for, like, you, you just do that. You ingrain yourself in the online fandom community, you start to think that those are the only fans of the show. Right. Those are the only viewers of the show, and that's not the case. That's yeah. not the case at all. There's so much more, so much more to this than some people in this fandom realize. You
0: know, I, I think you summed it up perfectly because there there is such a variety of people that are consuming this stuff and we only see a very small fraction of it like you know the the two or three very loud people on Ranger Board are not the majority of the fandom.
1: Like that used you know? to be me I used to be that right. person that watched it and didn't interact with anybody and until I joined this whole podcast world and I joined Tumblr that one time and then started doing this I was one of those people who didn't didn't really have a voice in the fandom but I still enjoyed watching it and I still enjoyed interacting with the property, but that didn't mean I wasn't out there being a consumer of the product. Just because you didn't hear what I had to say, there's just more out there than this one little group of fans that everyone everyone sees and interacts with. It's there's there's more there's more than that.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely. There's there's more there's more to this franchise than just you know the the twenty to forty year olds that are still engaging yeah. in the brand and. Yeah, the, the core audience for Power Rangers will always be a kid's property. That's, that's just a fact. And if they want to expand that to have like a more adult show or a more teen driven drama type show, then that's the direction that they'll take it. And I, I think we all have to remember, you know, what Hasbro is doing with other properties like Transformers. They're, Transformers has branched out into so many different audiences, but it needs to to keep it going. If you look at any toy shelf, you can see toys that are geared for different audiences. Even like there's collector's lines, there's more kiddie toy based lines. There's even preschool lines for Transformers, like super deformed stuff. So I I think if you look at what Hasbro's is, is doing with some of their main brands, that's when you, what you can infer is what going. It's what's going to happen with Power Rangers.
1: Slowly but surely, we're starting to get that, and I, I feel like it'll benefit everybody. It'll benefit the franchise once that is all fully realized.
0: Yeah, and so I, I still think we have a couple of of years. Whether it's uncertainty or who knows, we could find out the direction of the franchise at PulseCon in a week like in a week or two like uh, we we don't know we don't know
1: i'm not holding my breath but i i hope so
0: <laughs> yeah i i hope so too and i i just remember those times when the fans like discovered the new logo for power rangers or when the it literally fu- there's a thing on my uh facebook like a facebook memory when like from five years ago when the first trailer leaked for the power Rangers movie, the 2017 movie. And those are the types of exciting fandom moments where it's like, Oh my God. Oh, we got the logo for something. Oh my God. We got the trailer. Oh, and fans freaking out. And there's like all this discussion and people were excited and there was just so much energy. And that's, That's the type of excitement that I want. I want to feel that feeling again. And, you know, whether it's me raging out or, you know, me standing ovation, clapping and cheering at the top of my lungs, whatever it is, I think people are just really itching for news of any kind. They want that
1: anticipation. They don't want that speculation anymore.
0: Right, right. Well, I think this has been uh, a pretty good discussion. I only said the insert title here because I did not know where we were going to go with this uh, episode. But uh, no, <laughs> I, think, I think we had some uh, great questions from our listeners, and I really can't thank our listeners enough for responding and, and commenting at us. I mean, literally I sent a request for questions like at 8 a.m. this morning and (laughs) and boom, we got some great conversation starters. So
2: we really do have amazing listeners and yeah, without them, like the show would suffer greatly. So thank you all for the support and the questions and the answers and everything. When we ask you for stuff, you guys are amazing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we, we do have a lot more planned coming up. Again, our remaining extra episodes for this year will all be our Dino Fury uh, reviews, so look forward to that. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about at PulseCon, or at least I hope we do, because that might be a Uh, short episode.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I really hope that they come out with some big PulseCon news, because I would love to talk about that stuff. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com. Or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour. All one word. Zach, AP, thank you so much for the great discussion. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later.
2: Until next time, friends.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, we'll figure it out sometime. All right. Nah, we haven't figured maybe it out in seven years. Year years year that. Mark. Yeah, maybe <laughs> okay. at the 10 year mark. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command Ph. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to Patreon.com/RangerCommandPh to learn more. Thanks for listening.